Spirit of the living God, we pray that you will speak to us this evening. Let the entrance of your word bring light to your people. Let us, O oh God, be blessed because we came. Holy Spirit will welcome you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Are you blessed? You are in the house of the Lord. It's a great thing for us to meet, to top up on God's word and to top up on God's presence and anointing. Hallelujah. So let's not get weary in doing well, especially when it has to do with the house of God. Let us always make it a point to be in the house of God. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14, verse 16 to 24, Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. There, another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen. I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I cannot come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys and the town of the town and bring the poor, bring in the poor, the crippled and the blind and the lame. Said the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master of the of his servants said, go in out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited would get a taste of my banquet. Amen. The word compelled in the story in verse 23 is the word anakazo. Hallelujah. And we started talking about the compelling power of the anakazo man. Hallelujah. The man that compels. Hallelujah. This man was a great man, and the Bible says that he made a great banquet and invited many. I am surprised that the story uses three men and three people's excuses. But if the story is to be believed, I don't think only three people were invited. Maybe the Bible historians decided or the Bible uh, storytellers decided or Jesus decided to categorize the excuses into three. Am I making sense? Because the Bible said he invited many because he made a great banquet. You don't do a great banquet and invite many on only three turn up or three don't show. Are you with me? So obviously there were more than three people that were invited. But the Bible said that three began to give excuses. Amen. They were not ready to come. And so he sent his servant out to go and bring many. And they brought the many. And there was still room. 
So he told the servants, go out there and anakazo or compel them to come in. Amen. Amen. Which means that there are three types of bringing people in. The first type was what? Invite. The second was bring. And the third was compel them. In other words, there are times that invitation doesn't work. So you have to bring. And after you have brought, there also comes a time where bringing does not work. So you have to compel them. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Because at the end of the story, he said that, that my house may be full. Which means that this guy had a certain attitude towards his banquet. Amen. He wanted his banquet or his party to be full. Amen. Today, I want us to examine the character of this man. The man, last, was it last week or the week before, we looked at the servants and their behavior, isn't it? Today, I want us to look at this man himself. If you like, let's call him the Nakazo man or the Nakazo person. He has a certain spirit that I want us to look at. The first thing that I want us to look at was the Bible says that, go to the, uh, the, the beginning of the story. The master told, um, uh, he prepared a great banquet. A certain man prepared a great banquet and invited many guests. Amen. His first character trait was preparation. Someone say preparation. A lot of times, we don't prepare well when we are going to bring people to the house of God. And that is why our results doesn't mirror the effort. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. If you don't, you see, if you fail to prepare, you must prepare to fail. Hallelujah. Sometimes we go out, we print flyers, and we go out, we say we are going to invite people. We go and invite people, but when they come, the church is not prepared for them. We have done the work, but we haven't prepared the place for them. Uh, I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. I've started preaching already. The thing that we fail to do the most is to prepare for the people who are coming. When you invite people, you have planned for them. Hallelujah. You have made room for them. No? I went with Pastor Gloria to a church in... Uh, no, I think it's, uh, what's the name of that place? Uh, California uh, thing is place. Sacramento. I don't know whether you remember. When we got to the church, there's a parking spot reserved for visitors. Sacramento, right? No church members are allowed to park there and it's close to the door. Right in front of the door, 
there's reserved car park and it's for visitors. And there's a place, first two rows, the best rows are prepared for visitors. So as soon as you come in and they know this is your first time, they have a special guest place for you to sit. This is an Anakazo man who has planned for visitors to come in. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. There's a plan to welcome and then they don't call you first timers. First timers is demeaning. It's like you are late comer. Who wants to be called a first timer? Who wants to be called a late comer? Who wants to be singled out as the odd one? Can I have all the first timers stand up? You stand, stand, stand. Are you not the first timer? And you forget that that word itself is demeaning. And they feel singled out and belittled. Because we all belong, you don't belong. I've started preaching already. And you have gone quiet. Am I I making sense? First of all, you haven't prepared a place for the person to sit. They come and then you push them to the corner. Push them next to a a crying baby. Corner. The baby is making so much noise that the person cannot really hear. If you put a normal, uh, what do you call, old member to the place where the baby is sitting, the member will take the baby and play with the baby. Isn't that... No problem. Because, you see, the thing with mothers is that they get used to the noise of the child. So it doesn't sound noisy to them. Because you are not used to having a child making so much noise in your ear. You, as soon as the baby starts fidgeting or making noise, you become irritated. Because you can't hear what is being said. But the mother is cool. The mother is listening and concentrating. The baby's noise is tuned out because... The noise is consistent at home every, every day. So they are used to it. Are you with me? And you are going to put a first time guest next to a baby making noise. And you are wondering why they don't come to the church again. Your preparation is lacking. This man prepared a banquet. Which means that he had planned where the, the, the guest would sit. He had made an arrangement for them. He had prepared where they would pack. Uh, oh, you, you have gone quiet. I, I, I wonder whether you are getting three bullets. <laughs> Mercy. Amen. Yeah. Have you not realized that when you go to uh, maybe certain you sit on certain airplanes, they make you feel very special. There are certain airplanes to when you sit in, you don't want to sit in it again. I mean, I vowed that I'll never sit in any Delta airline ever again. Sorry, I'm, I mentioned the name. But they have their air hostesses are all old people. 
50 something plus people. And they treat you like children. What do you want? Sit down there. Sit down. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they have a certain condescending attitude because they, they see you as a child. And they have a certain, do you understand what I'm saying? I've paid my money. I want to be treated in a certain way. People demand a certain type of treatment. I don't know whether you are getting what I'm saying. You know, it's like you go to certain places, you go to certain shops to shop. As soon as you enter, they come and welcome you and ask you whether tea or coffee. They'll give you tea before you start shopping. And they give you biscuits. They give you a nice place when you are ready. And they give you one special person to stand to shop with you. I'm not I'm talking about primary no. Are you, are you getting what I say? They treat you special, so you feel very special. So you spend more there. Because you feel that it, the place is worth your time. People vote with their feet. When they go to a place and they don't like the work coming, they don't come again. If somebody comes into the church for the first time and they don't feel welcome, do you think they'll come again? Because we have not prepared for them. Their coming is an irritation to us. So as soon as service finishes, we gravitate towards our friends. And we leave them to their own device because our focus is not on the person because we have not prepared for them to come. But if our minds is all focused on the first person who has come, do you want coffee? Do you want tea? Can you imagine you go to a church for the first time and everybody is extra friendly. Everybody is trying to be your friend. Everybody... You feel wanted. Who doesn't want to feel wanted? Oh. If it is chicken, you say, hmm. We don't have the compelling spirit to attract many. That's why we don't attract. The Bible says, whosoever wants to have many friends, Look for that scripture for me. Must first show themselves what? Friendly. If you want to have many friends, you have to prepare for friends. A lot of us, our faces are not welcoming and doesn't prepare for friendship. How many know what I'm talking about? Your natural face is not welcoming. Proverbs 18 24. Yeah. So. Hello. What's your name? Hey, am I in an interview? <laughs> How many have been to an interview before? And they ask you your name and you feel, you feel nervous. Sometimes when people come to church, we make them feel nervous like as if they are in an interview. Because our hello has no smile. We don't feel, look welcoming. Oh. A man who has many friends must himself be what? Friendly. 
but there is a friend who sticks. No, give me the uh, amplified. Give me the amplified version. A man of too many friends chosen indiscriminately will be. Oh, what one is this one? NLT. NLT, sorry. They are friends. No, no, no. The King James. King James will do that. A man who has many friends must show himself friendly. Amen. If you want to be a friend, you see, the mother is still sitting. Doesn't worry her. But immediately, we feel disturbed. But she's okay. She's concentrating. So you go and put a, a new, a first guest, time guest in a place like that. You have worried the person. Or you don't understand. Do you know that people decide whether they will stay in the church or not after the first 15 minutes? Before the preaching, before anything. The way they were welcomed. The place they were given to sit. The person they sat by. The smile they received or not. Their music. They have already made their minds up before the, even the preaching comes. Hallelujah. The banquet was prepared before the um, what do you call it? The guest arrived. It wasn't prepared during the time the guest had arrived. Sometimes guests come to the church service before we do. And by the time they are here, now that the, the bass guitarist is trying to tune his guitar, the, the uh, keyboard player is trying to make something, the people are running around the stage trying to do sound. And the person is, what is going on? Sometimes they can be here 20 minutes before the church members begin to trigger in. Hallelujah. No preparation. But the man, he made preparation. Then when the preparation was done, the verse 2 says that, the, the second verse 17 says that when the preparation was done, he sent his servant to go out and tell them to come. He didn't send his servants to go and bring them before the preparation was done. Are you getting it? It was intentional. If you like, the Anakazo man is intentional. How many know that businesses that do well are very intentional? Hello? Businesses that do well are very, very intentional. Have you ever gone to a place or dealt with any uh, people and they gave you a questionnaire after to answer? Give us a feedback. What was your experience like when you called? How was the waiting time? The person who dealt with you, were they competent enough? Did they do, were you satisfied? From zero to, to nine, where is your satisfaction in? give us a, an, an idea. Why? Because they want to prepare so that the experience of guests is better. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? To you, there are some churches that come into the city and within a few months, they are the biggest church. And then people are like, oh, this church must be very anointed. And people begin to go there because success breeds success. Am I making sense? And there are some churches who will be there for years. 
It's not because the spirit of God is not in that church. But it's because the people don't have that anacarsal spirit. They don't know how to prepare for guests. They don't have the mind that guests are special. The whole service revolves around guests. I said to you was it on Sunday, is that the church is the only institution that is mandated for people who are outside and not people who are inside. I don't know whether you understood that. Our mandate is not for the people who are inside the church. Our mandate must be to the people who are outside because the Great Commission said that go into the world and make disciples of me. So those who are here, we are all being trained to go out and bring them in. And when they come in, they are also being trained to go out again and bring them in. Hallelujah. So the whole ethos of church is about invited guests and their comfort, not about the people who are here. I'm not making sense. But we don't know that. We've turned it upside down. So immediately after church, we all rush to the pastor. And we don't allow the pastor to look after the invited guest. You are the pastor is not going anywhere. And you are not going anywhere either. You are in the church after 40 minutes, 50, sometimes two hours after service, you are still here. Why are you rushing to talk to me? When there are people who are new, why don't you go and talk to them and bring them to come and speak to me? It's because that, that anacaso spirit is not yet imprinted in us. Are you getting what I'm saying? As soon as we come to church, whether you are in the choir, whether you are an usher, whether you are in the media team, whether, whatever you are, as soon as you see a new face, the new face must be your attention. That's a church that wants to have many church members. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm losing you. We must have a place de designated for first-time guests. And it must be a nice, a, the, one of the best parts of the church. Because they are VIP. If you are not expecting them, they won't come. If you are expecting them, make room for them to be there. You don't like it. <laughs> you don't like what I'm saying. There must be a place no church member sits there. It's for reserved. And every member must know. These seats are reserved. So as soon as you see any, and the whole church must know, when we see anybody we haven't seen before, we take them to that place. Are you getting it? And you have to have make them feel comfortable. It's not only the pastors that must get water. Are you getting it? The new people who are not, the rest of us, we don't need water. If we want water, we know where to go and find water. <laughs> Am I making sense? Yeah. And then when you sit in a plane and you are getting now the air hostess and uh, where the stewards, they all, they all line up and they smile. Have a nice day. Then they shake your hand. You know? Yeah. Welcome to wherever you are, you are, you are going. And then uh, do have a nice day. And they say do have a nice day from the, 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 your seat, the end of the plane 
through to the last person, including the pilot, they all say nice things to you. Make you feel welcome. That's why some people fly certain particular airlines and they won't fly any other airline before. Because the treatment they get. How many know that a lot of people are not very spiritual? When they enter the place, the treatment they get is what makes them stay. Before even the spirit or the power comes. Am I making sense? Yeah. The Nakazu man had this mindset to prepare. We don't prepare very well. Amen. Hey, Pastor Sam is not happy with me. <laughs> the, the way you are looking at me, I'm, I'm even <laughs> thinking that I should change my, my message. See, you must understand that God's, God's idea is that all men will be saved. So the church exists for all men. Not for us who are already in the church. But in the church today, the, 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 those who have been in the church longest are the ones who are given important places to sit. First Timothy 2, 3, and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. Amen. So, teach yourself to become attractive. Amen. We must teach ourselves to become attractive to the kingdom. Prepare how you talk to people. How many of us prepare to speak to people? Boys prepare the speech they are going to give to girls. And girls also prepare the response they will give. Isn't that true? But the church, we don't prepare. If you meet an atheist, what are you going to say? Have you prepared something to say? If you meet somebody who is ignorant about Christianity, what do you have to say? If you meet somebody who is a Muslim, what have you got to say? If you meet somebody who is an agnostic, what do you have to say? All these things must be prepared. If you meet a backslidden Christian, what do you say to them? You prepare what you are going to say. Which one of you intending to build a house does not first sit down, count the cost and make preparations or else he starts building and in the middle of the building, he cannot finish and all who see will laugh at him. We need to prepare. Prepare. We want all the church in the church to be full. Every Sunday. But that can only happen when we have done preparations. Not the haphazard type of impromptu type of make it up as you go along type of preparation. Because that doesn't work. Hallelujah. See all, see all these type of churches that come overnight and it's like big. No, it's, 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 uh, it's like, uh, what do you call it? Clockwork. Everything is prepared. Everything is set up. There's nothing haphazard about what they are doing. They know exactly what time they are starting. They know exactly what time they are finishing. Everything is like clockwork. 
when the, the, the service ends, they know how to entice the people who have come for the first time to come and give. Amen. Number two. The person who practices the anakazo does not keep to himself, but influences and affects many. This man does not keep to himself. How many understand that? He said, go out and bring many. He doesn't want to keep to himself. Most of the churches we have these days, we want to keep to ourselves, even though we say we want many to come in. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? It's almost as if we shun people who don't look like us. A, a, a pastor friend called me just, uh, uh, I think Monday or Tuesday. He said, who was that Obruni that was singing in your church? I mean, who was that white person who was singing in your church? I, I felt very weird about the conversation. And when I, the, the conversation ended, I said, no wonder there's nobody like that in your church. Because if you have a mindset like this, why would anybody come to your church? First of all, you don't expect the person to come in to the point that they'll come on stage and sing. I didn't know human beings. Did Christ not die for them? I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Because we don't, we don't make, we don't make ourselves stickable. I don't know whether it's a good English. Our stickability factor is very dead. Uh, let me look for another. <laughs> let me look for another English <laughs> language. Listen, every person is like a block. Are you getting it? Everybody's like a block to build the house of God. We are God's house. We are the temple of God. Isn't that what the Bible says? How can we be the temple of God? You are one block, you are one block, you are one block. When we come together, we form the house of God. The house of God is not the building. That's why the Bible says where two or three are gathered together. I am there. How can blocks be gathered together without cement? When blocks are gathered with no cement, it will fall. Anybody touches or pushes it, it will fall. I used to when you pile blocks on top of each other and then anybody pushes it, everything will come down because you need that stickability. And Amos 3.3 3 says that how can two work together except so there must be that stickability, there must be that cementing factor that draws people in and keeps people no matter who they are, no matter their race, no matter how different they may be. 
That's why I, I hate it when anybody describes the church as an African church or the church as, no, 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 no. A Ghanaian church or, no, 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 I don't like that thing. There is no, um, what do you call it, race. There is no um, tribe or, wait. no, 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 no. In this church, everybody who, we have the same progression. Everybody has the same progression. Progress. We are all progressing. It doesn't matter whether you are coming from uh, north or south. You are coming, you look like this. It doesn't matter your age. No, no, there's no discrimination here. Are you getting what I'm saying? No, it's like, oh, what school have you been to? Uh, no, 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 we don't do that here. Not school, age, color, creed. No, how much money do you have? No. The belt is the same. Everybody can flow through. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Everybody can flow through and become, be, become whatever you want to become in the house of God. You can become the pastor if you want to become. You can become the chief deacon if you want to. You can become the chief elder if you want to. Whatever you want to become, you can become. Am I making sense? Yeah, so somebody sees somebody sees somebody singing in the church, and to them is is an oddity. Why should it be odd? You allow me, this person can easily become a pastor in this church. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? You leave Sonia to be here for a while. And watch her. One day, Sonia will be the pastor of the church. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't do, we don't do color, we don't do age, we don't do gender in this place. I, I'm not making sense. Yeah. I, was very, I was very disturbed by the phone call. I was really disturbed by the phone call. And I'm, I'm praying that she becomes the chief worship leader. Yeah, 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 yeah. For people like that to look on uh, And I'm praying for more people, more such, to be in the choir. Hallelujah. Number, number three. How am I doing for time? Let's go back to the story. It says that end verse, verse 18. And they all began making excuses. One said, I have bought a field. I must go inspect it. Please have me excused. The other said, uh, I, have, I have bought five pairs of oxen. I need to go try them. Have me excused. The one said, I have bought, married a wife, so I can't come. 
Amen. Next verse. The servant returned and told the master that he had what they had said. And the master was furious and he said, go quickly into the streets, alleys, and towns and invite the poor and the crippled and the blind to come. This man was not prepared to cancel his banquet. The spirit of Anakato does not cancel meetings. My, my, I have three members in my chapel. The three have gone, two have gone on holiday, and one is going to work. So I need to cancel the meeting. You are not serious. You don't have an Akazo spirit. If the ones you invited didn't show up, go out there and bring one who were not intended in, at the beginning and make them special guests so that the banquet can carry on. Because whatever happens, the, the, the show must go on. The banquet must go on. Hallelujah. You don't say that, that well, it has rained, it has snowed, so we have to cancel the church because our members will not be able to come. You are not a serious pastor. There are churches still, as we speak now, who are doing uh, Zoom service. Since 2020 20 to now, they are doing Zoom. You visited one today. You are not serious. You are not serious. You have canceled your meeting because of COVID. The nightclubs are open. The pubs are open. The gyms are open. The shops are open. And brother pastor, you have canceled your church. <laughs> they are coming gradually. <laughs> every third Sunday, every other Sunday. No. No, you don't cancel meetings. You don't cancel chapel meeting, prayer meeting, because no, no, no. And a casual spirit, the show must go on. Find other alternatives, find other ways. Do whatever you have to do. The room is locked. One day we went to a, which church place did we go that the room was locked? They locked us out in the middle of the cold. We had service outside. I don't remember where it was. They locked, the caretaker locked us out. We had come to church. There was no key. There was nobody to open the door. Oh, it's cold, so we should cancel the service. We had, in the car park, we had service. Never ever cancel. Never allow anybody, Pastor Sam, to cancel any meeting. And come and give you an excuse. Oh, the people have traveled. Uh, somebody's boiler is broken. Somebody has gone...
Sunday morning, you hear excuses. Oh, if you're a pastor, pray for your pastors. Sunday morning, sometimes their hearts are broken before they are preaching. <laughs> because all week, they have been targeting these people. And they've been working on them all week. Then just Sunday morning, we used to have a phone. And the phone, the, the ringtone was so bad. When we hear the ringtone, then we start debating who should pick the phone. Sunday morning. Because we know our members. Pastor, uh, my boiler is broken, so I have no water to bath, so I can't come. Uh, Pastor, uh, my iron, I don't know what happened. It's not working, so I don't have any clothes to wear. Pastor, they've canceled the bus. So I can't come. So when the phone rings, I tell her, you pick it. Then she goes, you to pick it. <laughs> no, he used to go, tan, 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 na, 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 tan, tan, when you hear that, you don't want to pick that because it's like you know you your heart to be broken before you go to church. The church already, we only have 12 members. And seven have called that. <laughs> hey! <laughs> what are we going to do as we go? <laughs> Go outside. Have praise and worship. After praise and worship, go out and bring the drunkards to come and sit and preach to them. Never cancel a meeting. I say never cancel a meeting. Number one, number one. Number four, overcome excuses. How many will agree with me that the excuses that these people gave are all silly excuses? I have bought a piece of land. How do you buy a land before you look at you go and look at it in the night? What are you going to see? You have bought a car. I bought five piece, uh, pairs of oxen. But in those days, the oxen was a car, equivalent to a car. I bought cars. Now I'm going to go and try them. Don't you try the cars before you buy them. Who buys a car and then have to try it? If you try it and you don't like, what would you do? And I say, I married a wife, so I won't come. Now, the wife is auntie, parties. But an anacazo man does not get paralyzed by excuses. If you are an acaso type of pastor, you don't allow the excuses. Make a way. As they are giving excuses, give them alternative. Oh, but do you know that this, if you do this, it can, it can work. It's like an iron book. I'm driving. I'm coming to, I'm on my way to your house. I have an iron. I'm bringing it to you. Oh, we have iron for people. Oh. See, you go and have your bath. I'll iron for you. Because already in my mind, I have 12. Out of the 12, seven are gone. 
you the number eight person to say iron. I'm bringing iron to your house. I can't go beyond. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Don't accept any excuse that is given to you. Because most of the time, excuses are just common, common sense way to tell you I won't do it. Because really, if you analyze the excuse carefully, you see that you can, you, there's, there are many ways around that excuse. I have, I have bought a, a, a piece of land. Why don't you go and look at it in the morning? Because the land is not traveling. In the morning, I'll come with you to go and inspect the land. The land is not going anywhere. The person who sold you the land is not leaving the town. I have bought five yoke of oxen. The oxen will not die tonight. Tomorrow morning, we can try them. If I, the night you are, you are liable to have accident because then maybe the oxen won't see a, a hole and go and fall in it and cause problems. So let's do it in the morning. I have married a wife. Oh, whatever you want to do with your wife, you can come to the banquet. After that, you will be more happier to go back and do whatever. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. How many many here, you have heard some very odd and silly excuses about church? Give me, no, you have heard. Give me a wave. People uh, give you some silly excuses. Why? And you yourself, when you're telling the excuse, you are like, do you think I'm a dummy? (laughs) What you are telling me, does it make sense to you? And some of us, too, we have made some excuses that we ourselves, we made it up along as we're going, as we're talking. Someone says they have assignment. The classmate who is also in the church, there's no assignment. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Excuses, really, when you analyze them, they don't make sense. Because you can find a way around the excuse. So, I'm going to work. What time do you start work? Two o'clock. Why don't you come to church after t- at 12? I'll go and drop you myself. You have blocked the, the excuse. <laughs> This man blocked all the excuses. He didn't allow the excuses to affect the party. Hallelujah. Don't allow excuses to affect what has to be done. Because excuses are just excuses. Did you hear what I said? In your department, don't allow excuses. Don't allow people to make excuses, give you excuses. Why they cannot come? The choir is notorious for that, isn't it? For making excuses. As for me, they would knew. Because as you are making excuses, me, it's like, <laughs> I used to tell my choir, says, a joker cannot joke a joker. Do you understand what it means? That was my father's English. 
A joker cannot, you cannot con a con man. <laughs> you can't come and tell me stories saying, no, 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 no. It's a military camp. I'm sick. Come, after I'll go and look after you. My wife was due. Her, her due date had passed. She was about to give birth. And we had a concert. It was all night. I was doing all night, Friday all night with a choir. I brought about 10 pillows. And then I put the chairs together. And I put pillows around her. She was like this big. And then I put her there. I said, let's sing. If I'm doing this to my wife, what excuse can you give me that will make sense to me? Because I can't leave her at home. I need to do something. I need to be here to do the work. So they were, I was crazy. They were afraid of me. Because <laughs> that is how you get things done. I'm not making sense. That's an acaso spirit. Every excuse you give is okay. Every excuse you give is okay. You, that's why your, need, your church will never grow. Your department will never grow. Because you are always quick to accept every excuse, swallow any excuse they give you. And the people, once they know that any excuse works, they just throw it, throw it at you. Yeah. People will have to rehearse about 20 reasons before they come and talk to me, because they know that the excuse they are bringing to work. So sometimes they, they think about, let me go. This man is crazy. She was so uncomfortable. All the Christers would see that my wife was uncomfortable with all the pillows. She, she couldn't turn this way, turn that way, turn that way. It wasn't easy throughout the night. And I was not ready to call the meeting off. Because I had all I had a good excuse. The baby can come any minute. And I, if I call, I'm the leader of the I call the meeting. And I have a good reason not for the meeting to come on. All I have to do is tell the people that meeting canceled. No, an Akazo man don't cancel meeting. No. We go. One day we had a fire accident, Saturday night. Fire. She was taken to the hospital. My hands were all bent from here, all the way, bent. Sunday morning, we were living in London. The church was in Birmingham. I spent the night in the hospital with my wife. After they looked after me, I went to sit by her. And as soon as it was 6 o'clock, she said, told me, what are you doing here? She was all told me, what are you doing here? Won't you go to church? I drove with my bandaged hands, with all the fire bands from London to Birmingham to go and preach. Four church members and drove back because you don't cancel meetings 
the room has gone quiet. <laughs> it's, now you see you are dealing with a crazy man. <laughs> and she's sitting here, you can ask her. You don't cancel meetings. We make too many excuses. That's why our ministry is not growing. Am I making sense? Too many excuses. Have you not realized that in this country, snow for the football will still be played? And people will go and watch. But you, as soon as one flick of snow falls, you say, oh, we are closing the church. <laughs> one number, more. let's finish and go home. Number five, all right. How many are are getting the spirit of anarchism. And, and you see, I'm using it for church, but this same thing can be used for your life. Uh, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. It can be used for your life. A lot of us, we have made too many excuses for our lives. Oh, I've gone for 10 interviews. I'm not getting any job. So... I'm going to sit at home and wait. Ah. So no banquet. Because interviews haven't uh, uh, called you back. Ah. <laughs> I have submitted five proposals and I'm waiting for a response. The, 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 you have submitted five proposals to women and they have all said no. So you are going to sit and wait. You are not ready for a banquet. <laughs> you are not ready for a wife. I, I thought Matthew 7 says that ask, seek, knock, asking and keep knocking. The same person, go to them. Yes. There's another word called anadea and biazo. It's all part of this to be shamelessly forceful. Anadea means you are you, 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 you put oil on the back of your eyes. You can't see shame. Remember the story of the man who had the visitor come in the night and he had to go and knock on his friend to ask for bread? And the man said that my, I've closed my door, my children are with me in bed, so I cannot get up and be disturbed to just get you bread. He kept on knocking, kept on knocking, kept on knocking. At first, the man would not wake up, but the constant the point he says that not because he's a friend but because of the importunity because of the anadea there are some women they want to see how hard you want to try they want to see 
And you have a week's fine. You go one, they say no, then you are going. You are like a football, they bounce you one night. Yes. No, no. The first time I went to speak to this, my girlfriend, she laughed in my face. She looked at me up and down. I already, I mean myself, I was panicking. <laughs> When I went to stand, at the time, one service, we used to do multiple services, right? And uh, one service I just finished. Nobody should laugh at me with this story I'm telling you. If you laugh at me, what I'll do to you? I was where he's sitting, playing the keyboard, when I saw her walk, walk through the church. As soon as I saw her come in, I knew that this was going to be my wife. Oh, no, no, no. I knew. Listen, I had been praying for six months for a wife. And I, I told God that the day I see the woman, I mean, you just think about it. I had a call of 40 people. Majority of them were single ladies. And some of them were trying to weave their way. But I knew that no, none of them work. So as I was sitting there, every time I come to church, my eyes are open. Watch and pray. So I was watching and I was praying. The day she walked in, I, I kid you not, she was wearing a jump, a jumpsuit. It was blue. was blue jumpsuit with blue not too high heels but as soon as she walked in I, I heard a voice I saw the angels I knew this was the one ah. eh, eh, eh. <laughs> hey this thing I'm saying I'm, I know I'm dead <laughs> I know I'm dead. So the whole service, whatever I was playing and everything, my mind was not on it. I was just waiting for the service. And you see, those days, the service was back to back. So as soon as the grace is shared, immediately the the people, we don't move. You're not allowed to move. You have to sit there because prayer has started and prayer is like five minutes and praise and worship starts again. So as people are walking out and people are coming in, praise and worship is starting. I was like, I don't care about these people. <laughs> I, got up, I got up and I went to this girl. She, I got up and they were, they were calling me, Chris, Chris, Chris. I wasn't minding them. The pastor, even the pastor was calling Chris, where are you going? I wasn't minding the pastor. So by the time I got in front of her, all the things I had prepared to say had vanished. So I looked at her. Hey, would you want to join the choir? <laughs> she looked at me and she was talking with a guy. She said to that guy, Who is this crazy guy? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, she was with a, uh, with a girlfriend. No, there was a girlfriend, and uh, there was this, this guy, I think he was behind you guys. So I asked the guy, Who is this crazy guy? He says, I should sing. Then she told her girlfriend, that, Has he heard my voice? 
So I was standing there looking like an idiot. And what the pastor was, the pastor was calling me to. I was losing this man they carry last? I wasn't prepared to carry last. That was 26 years ago. We are here today. Do you think do you think that if you don't have an akazo, you go anywhere in life? Listen, to have a church in a foreign land, you have to have an akazo. Otherwise, you won't have a church. Go to a land, you don't speak the language. You are going to start a church. Who will come? Who knows you? Who do you know? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers an akazo. Everything in life that you want to achieve, you must have the spirit of an akazo or else you'll never achieve it. You want to be a successful business person, you have to have that spirit. You want to be a successful uh, married man, you have to have that spirit. A successful married woman, you must have that spirit. Because nobody's going to put anything on a silver platter for you. Uh, You don't like what I'm saying. You must have this hard forehead. Know what you want and go for it. Uh, you don't like what I'm saying. What do you want? You must go for it. This man was not ready. When they came and they said to him that uh, all that you have done, all that you asked has been done, but there's still room, what did he say? The next thing is that he does not accept failure and he doesn't want empty room. The Kanakazo man does not accept failure and does not want an empty room. How many know that a lot of us we accept failure too quickly? It didn't work. Even before it it didn't work, you have packed your bag, you are going home. Some people will go to a work a, a workplace the first day. After the first day, they say they won't go back again. How many know what I'm talking about? They'll go to the job place the very first day. And after the first day, hey, it's too hard. I won't go again. What were you expecting? If you don't have tenacity, you will have an empty room. If you accept mediocrity, you will have half success. Because how many agree with me that the people they brought was better than before? Before, the room was empty. The servant went out and brought people. But there was still room. What did he say? Go back. You must have that spirit of going back. I am not ready to accept defeat. I am not ready to accept failure. I am not ready to accept half measures. I want it all. Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Yeah. A lot of us, you go to the workplace, somebody bullies you a little bit. 
You are afraid. No. Oh, they, I don't think they like me. There's somebody in the office who doesn't like Hey, Have you not read Psalm 23? He says he prepares a table before me in the presence of what? My enemies. Why are you leaving the table before God, somebody's looking at you funny? Let them come and sit down and watch you. Take your fork. Take your knife. Cut the meat. Put it in the, in the sauce. And then take it up and put, slice it. Let them see the meat and then put it in your mouth. See, they look at me funny, so I don't want to eat. You are not serious. I say you are not serious. God prepares your table where the enemies are sitting. Where the people don't like you. That is where God has called you to go. So you have to learn how to eat when eyes are watching you that don't support you. Eyes that don't like you and wish that you choke are looking at you. That's when you must eat. Hello? Oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Yeah. As for this place, they, they, they don't like us. They will never like us. But we are going to thrive here. I said we are going to thrive here. expect hand claps all the time. Don't expect people to cheer you all the time. When you get it good, but that shouldn't be your motivating factor. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Let the motivation come from within. This man knew what he wanted. So he was not prepared to accept defeat. He was not prepared to accept half victories. He was not prepared until it became full and total victory. He was not ready. Hallelujah. That my house may be full. I want total victory. I don't care who the expert is, who is talking. And he's telling you why you cannot have something or why something cannot be. Tell them that it's going to be. Have you not seen that experts are always proven wrong? Oh. You haven't heard that experts are always proven wrong? You ask uh, Michael and his people. They say it's, going, it's not going to rain. But somebody can pray and it will rain. But all the forecast said it won't rain. But you can, you can defy the expectations of experts. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is out. The doctor says something. Why are you accepting his report? Why don't you declare? Bible says that you shall declare a thing and it shall be. So why are you you taking his declaration when you haven't spoken? Oh. I think I'm preaching better than your amen and final one so we can go home the way you are looking at me do not be satisfied until victory is won 
Let's look at verse 20, 22 and 23. Give me 22 and 23. There's still room. Verse 23. Go out so that my house will be full. He is not prepared to accept defeat. Not prepared to accept defeat. How many know that Satan will always bring defeat? Do you know how Satan works? Satan starts working by negating faith. 1 John 5, 4 says that anyone that is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Are you with me? So what overcomes the world is what? Faith. So what Satan brings to you at the beginning is false evidence appearing real. Fear. Because fear is the opposite of faith. When fear is introduced, the first thing that leaves you is faith. But ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen? Anytime you want to, you see fear, confront fear by asking what is the worst that can happen. And analyze the worst thing that can happen. Paul analyzed it. In Philippians 1.21, he said that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The worst that can happen to me is that I will die. And if I die, Christ, I've made it to Christ. If I die, I've gained. If I live, Christ will be preached. If I die, I've gained. That is the worst that can happen. As soon as you analyze fear and you confront fear, fear leaves. I've always said that me, I don't like bullies. The thing that I hate in my life is bullying. So I go after the bully. You know the playground bully who is the biggest in the, in the playground that everybody's afraid of? I'll go and fight them. I know they'll beat me, but I'll go and fight them. But what's the worst you can do to me? The worst you can do to me is that you beat me. But before you beat me, I would have introduced a two, two or three combinations for you to think twice about coming to bully me again. <laughs> I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. And that was my philosophy as a child. I mean, as a child, I used to like fighting a lot. And I will not start the fight. But if I am around and you are bullying somebody, I'm coming for you. I don't care how big you are. And I've grown with that thing. I hate bullying. I don't like anybody using their position or their to bully others. It, it irritates me. I'll, I'll come after you right now. I don't like any. I don't like bullying around me at all. I will not bully you, but don't bully me. Don't come near me. So in school, I used to go after the bully. Even my mates, 
if you are my mate and you are bullying somebody, I'm coming for you. And I've gone with that. When I see demons bullying people, I get irritated. Because I hate people intimidating others and making people afraid. Why should you live in fear? I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. Why should you make, allow yourself to be afraid? When we moved into this place, In the night, when you are here, sometimes you'd be here alone here, like like footsteps. Go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you'd be hearing like somebody running. I'll come here at 1 a.m. and put all the lights off. No light, then I'll be walking and praying throughout all the upstairs, downstairs, basement. No light, me alone. Do your kukuru, me too, I'm here. Because <laughs> I will not allow you to bully me. Now you can be here, you won't hear anything. All those things left years ago. Years ago, all those guru guru things left. I, I tell you, you can't be here by yourself. Even two, three people alone in the middle of the night and not hear noises. Think people, somebody's walking. You know when people footsteps, you hear the, the, the person is then, then, then you see somebody run. Like a bucket dropping. I mean, there are a lot of fantastic things happening around here. <laughs> yeah. That I go to the basement. You know, the corner, the corner side there. The corner side. You used to hear a lot of things there. I'll go and be there. I'll go and squat there in the night alone. I'll be there. And I'm not making noise. I'm praying, but I'm not making noise. Where are you? I'm looking for you. Come. It's a spirit that wins. The spirit of fearlessness. Are uh, you getting one? That Biazo spirit. That Anadea spirit. That Anakazo spirit. It's that combination that wins. You want to have a successful church, you must have these three things. You're not afraid. You are shameless. You are tenacious. Then you win.